Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, July 9th. This is episode 197. I am Tony. I am Dennis. And before... Yes. Well, no, I should welcome you. You are in my home, in my living room. I feel our sound quality has gotten, at least editing-wise, it's so much easier down here now because the I'm not stripping out all the echo. Right. Like going to this with the thanks uh, and power of the Patreon supporters where we have the nicer sound system really helped a lot. But there was still some issues where I think my sound was bouncing off of a glass door that you were sitting in front of. Mm -hmm. And then it would pick up on your mic. And so sometimes I would have to go back through and strip out my audio. Because if I turned your gain so far down, I know listeners really want to know this. I turned your gain so far down, I could prevent picking up the echo. But then... If you weren't right up at the mic, you would also drop out, and I'd have to then manually audio boost you at points, which right. was very frustrating. So this has gone a lot better the last couple of times where we've recorded down here. But speaking of Patreon, we do have a new Patreon member, so I want to thank uh, Bradley B., who joined us as our basic support level. We Welcome. very much appreciate it. And if you want to support us on Patreon, it's available as low as a dollar a month, and there is a link in the episode description. So just click on the link, and it'll take you right there. Last couple of weeks, Tony. What's been going on? Well, uh, it's award season for the my job. Uh, Yay! Uh, Congratulations. So been, well, no, I'm I'm on the committee that gives the awards out. So, <gasps> are you going to give yourself an award? No, I actually my my boss was starting to work on the paperwork to put in for the awards, and I, I just flat told her, just don't worry about it because uh, I won't accept the paperwork in because as long as I am setting on the committee that makes the decisions for the awards, I won't even allow us to be uh, eligible for them because I don't feel it's right. So it's not always been that way. That's not an actual You could rule. just recuse yourself. Half of the committee is people from our Oh, group. okay. So yeah, that does make it tougher. It makes, we'd have to recuse almost everybody, and it's just easier to just not accept it. Hmm. So uh, she was fine with that. Uh, otherwise, uh, I think I mentioned uh, several episodes ago that I had picked up a Humble Bundle that had like the 60 core original Battletech novels. Yes, you did. In it. And I, I, I am working my way uh, through that. I am up to novel six. I've made it as far as novel six. And uh, I'm just continuing to burn through that. And it's just it's so enjoyable because one of these novels that I've already just finished, I was so excited when I got to it and was getting to it because it has one of my favorite moments in fiction ever is in it. And I was so, when I got it, I, when I got it, I'm like, oh, okay. Hopefully when I get to that point, it's still, it still hits and it's just as good as it did. It was so good. It's so, it's such a cinematic moment in writing that I would just love to see just like that little scene or those like two chapters in like, like animated or, or some, just because they're just so perfectly beautifully done. They wouldn't work in animation because you don't have any of the background story or anything. I just, it's so cinematically done. It's just so perfect. And that's one of my favorite uh, uh, moments in, in fiction that I've ever read. And it still hit. It's just still hit so good. It was so enjoyable. So I was happy to go through that. Uh, and I'm still pushing through. So, okay. Well, speaking of, uh, of stories, uh, no one wrote into the podcast uh, explaining where the tiger growls comes from. So they all lose. You're so lucky. They are lucky. I mean, this is for the best, but... Um, 
Thus, the offer for them. I think I said they could pick a topic for us to. Well, that the time's up. I'm not allowing people to just go find it and read it. So that uh, that window has closed to you, and it is for the best. Be glad you never smelled the fresh air of the tiger growling. <laughs> um, and speaking of books, I am about halfway through Chapter House Dune now. I've I've ch- only chipped away at it a little bit. Uh, I had a work conference last week. I did take Dune with me. Uh, I did not. I did read actually the first night. I was able to read for about an hour, but which is probably where I made most of that progress. Uh, and then, other than that, gaming wise, I have continued to plug away at Puzzle Quest Three. So I've I made more progress with that. I tried out some of the other modes and stuff. They they're adding more story content to it as well. And I'm not all the way through the existing story content, so. Because it's just kind of working your way down. Yeah, some of the fun. I feel that, and it's been so long since I played like the original Puzzle Quest, but I feel like the fights take a long time if I'm not overpowered for them. So I've done things like PvP battles and skirmishes and uh, single little like dungeon stuff, mostly because it's gotten me more gear, which allows me to raise my. Besides my character level, gear level makes a huge difference to your your spec, and the story is whatever the gear is, it doesn't scale. So you can OP your way through it. So I found that if I'm like 200 gear points, as I'll call it, ahead of the story, it's easy and pretty quick. But if I'm about equal, it, it could be like 10 minutes to get through a, a, a thing. Unacceptable unacceptable having to struggle for a fight. Yes, all right. I don't believe in it. I, or I'd be okay with it struggling, but I don't want it to turn into like this whole, like Magic the Gathering game shouldn't take like 30 minutes, nor should this. Right. It should be fast, is, the, is my idea. So, so anyway, so that's what I've been doing. But what the audience wants us to do is talk about pinball and video games. And I would like to, st- and I don't think this is going to be a particularly meaty episode. Actually, I know it's not because I've already looked at all of our show notes, but um. I don't have a lot for pinball, but I do think we have a couple, uh, well, one in particular interesting discussion point. But before that, I, I do want to open with a company we normally wouldn't open with, and that's Pinball Brothers. So Pinball Brothers, which is the company that kind of uh, rose from the ashes of highway pinball in terms of making alien pinball, they have a another game that they are getting ready to readily uh, ship out, and that's Queen Pinball. You and I played Queen at we did. Texas. And uh, w- remind the listeners, what did you think of Queen? It was all right. That was sort of my overall take too of the of the games we kind of reviewed in the and go back, folks, and we'll listen to our uh, 2023 TPF episode if you want to know our our detailed thoughts. I think I kind of like where I had my top half games and bottom half. I think Queen was my start of my bottom half. Was where yeah, I had of, it right in the it, yeah. it was kind of right in the middle. It was it, it was like the dividing line between. Good and bad. It was where I started to really be able to point to certain things I didn't care much for. Though right. overall, it shot fairly well. Yeah. Excuse me. So um, anyway, uh, they've lowered the price of the game. I'm like, kind of shocked because nobody lowers the price of anything anymore. Yes. That was what, uh, and this will feed into something in a moment, but that was what was so interesting. So for, for those that don't know, the champion edition of the game has been reduced. It's now $8,995, so it's just under $9,000, but it is a $300 price reduction from what they originally advertised that it was going to be sold at, and they're getting ready to, to produce that version of the game. Why do you think they did it? Did they lose a topper? I'm not aware of any 
change to the trim. In that case, they weren't getting sales. There's no earthly reason that they would reduce it unless their sales were lighter than expected and they were hoping to have the reduction bounce sales up. I wondered if perhaps there was a change in, because they're a European company, if there was a change in exchange rate that may have been like, well, you know, we're going to get plenty as it is. So we're going to, again, though, that seems that weird. seems weird. Why so would they let that affect Why something? they wouldn't just allow that to be an added profit. Um, so I would lean in your camp that sales are not as robust as they wanted. Uh, the other option would be that they need the capital and they thought this might be able to get them more sales. Right. Because Instead of going the route of, I'm going to increase the price because mm. I know I'm not selling as many, I'm going to increase the price. They're going the whole, let's reduce the price, but sell more. Yes. Um, overall, I think this is a, I, I would describe it as a nice touch. I think 300 is not enough to be impactful in a way that I would, it's don't get me wrong. It's significant money. Had it been at least 500 though, I think people would have paid more attention to it. Right. But it has people talking about it. And what, and that is a game that we've not talked about since TPF. That's true. Uh, the thing is this, at least this version being at $9,000, this is not, this is not an inexpensive game. So, I mean, it's not, it's definitely not at the upper end. Anything under 10,000 at this point is kind of like right. in, in the, uh, I don't want to say, <laughs> I don't want to say bargain, but let's just say um, that it's in the realm of uh, consideration for a lot of people. Whereas once you cross that $10,000 threshold, a lot of people are kind of like just outright ruled out. Like we don't do 10, like there are too many people that remember the joke 10,000 by Christmas. Yeah, and are not willing to accept that th- that we're okay with these now being small cars. But that being said, um, the the game doesn't have like a high degree of buzz. So I just like if you need the sales, I don't know if three hundred's enough, but but maybe I mean, it could. And, and again, it will generate some buzz. Yes. Some people will talk. About I mean, it. some we, people are like, "Well, it's a little too expensive." With it being maybe just just a bare scratch under that 9,000 line. There are people out there though, that probably have a hard that have said, I won't, I won't pay more than $9,000 for something. Sure. And that, and that may, that may be enough. And we do have to bear in mind. I mean, what is the current like MSRP on a pro? I think it's like seven. So it's not again, it's a couple thousand was within, it's within grasping range for a lot of people that might've been like, all right, I, I, you know, back in the day, I had to consider it a premium. Premiums have gone up as well through Stern, but maybe this is kind of where that was, and I'd be okay at this price for this game. Which, I mean, when you look at it, it does look like it's got more going on on the surface than a lot of pro model Sterns do. So, mm-hmm. uh, so anyway, uh, interesting. Uh, I, I'll I'll look forward to seeing if this strategy pays dividends. I don't think it hurts them. One of the things. Uh, which and I, I won't belabor it because this is our our pinball and video game podcast, not a wristwatch podcast. But one of the things you know as a watch collector and something I've covered in that content creation is we see because we've been seeing the same thing there that the prices keep going up with inflation and everything else. A lot of the manufacturers are pushing their prices up, uh, and those companies generally do not cut prices. I actually read about a time where one of the major brands did, and it was extremely damaging to their reputation. Because this was before I was into the hobby. But the reason for it is you immediately devalued 
the watches that all these other people at our it was Richemont, Richemont, which controls some of the biggest brands like Jaja Lacoute and stuff. So, mm-hmm. so they back in like uh, 2012 ish or sometime maybe 2008, sometime like around or after the recession, they cut their prices by a few percentage points, and it just alienated like everyone who had gone and bought retail because all of a sudden the watch was worth less. And but th- I don't think that's the case here because pinball is not, uh, despite the pricing, it's not a luxury product. Right. So I don't think it operates in the same realm, especially if what you said is right, Tony, and they don't have very many sales. And if everyone who's already bought, if they haven't gotten this game yet in particular, gets honored the new price point, they won't have this. This won't hurt pinball. Well, that would like be that. the important part yeah. is if the people who've already bought in. Yeah, I think that I think they'll be fine. I think this is going to because I think this only impacts this model, which they're getting ready to build is my understanding. But let's move on to another uh, company with another game that they're, they're getting ready to build. In fact, they just announced it. And this would be Haggis Pinball. Haggis Pinball is known for two games currently. Their first game, Celts, which I don't remember how many they made. Was it in the neighborhood of 100? At one point, I thought I heard 80-ish, and then I thought I heard 150-ish. So some, like somewhere in that range. Right. And then Fathom Revisited, which... For those who don't recall, there were two iterations. There was a classic edition and the limited edition. I believe the limited edition was capped at 250. There was no cap on the classic. It was a, you had to order by a certain deadline and you'd be able to get the classic edition. And then in the wake of TPF this year, where we both finally got to play both Celts and Fathom Revisited, which uh, recap of, of your thoughts on those games. I vaguely remember Celts, so it couldn't have been great. Uh, Fathom Revisited was fun. Mm-hmm. But Fathom's a fun game, so yes, we played a we played a game of Celts, maybe two. I I'd played it the day before as well. Uh, Celts didn't work for me. Uh, and the game worked. I I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, um, Fathom I liked, uh, and the two code was was clever. I thought there were some clever uh, yeah. twists that were applied to it. Um, after TPF, and we did we did cover this in a subsequent episode. I don't remember which number though. They went ahead. They being Haggis, and they made a middle tier option. Because by the time of TPF, Fathom was done. Like it was sold out because they'd already passed all their deadlines. They'd sold all of the LEs and they, I had heard they'd sold barely any classics because everyone wanted the fancier trim and the, right. you didn't get the 2.0 code with the classic. So they kind of middle tiered it where they uh, released an option where you could like upgrade or get, or you could do a new order and get like a classic plus. I don't remember what they called it and basically get the 2.0 code without all of the same trim stuff which makes sense which they should have done from the gig yes they should have but there was there was some blowback amongst uh hobbyists some hobbyists because haggis had said when they released the le that was the only way to get the 2.0 code and then it wasn't so i i think you know the rep took a little bit of a hit and now we have celts excuse me Celts revisit. No, it's, it's, I'm afraid. <laughs> so already remaking I'm not Celts. Sure, I'm not sure Celts is going to reach the classic status of a, of a class of '81 ballet game. But um, so Centaur, Centaur revisited. There was a teaser trailer uh, between our last episode and this episode, which had hinted at it either being Centaur or Eight Ball Deluxe. It was Centaur. Um, I do have a link in the show notes to an article Nap Arcade has on. Uh, on the website so you can read more about this and, and and watch the trailer if you want there are two versions but there's no classic version this time they've learned their lesson tony from fathom there is 
a beast edition, which is like the old LE edition. It's limited to 250 units. It is priced at 15,000 Australian dollars, which when I checked last night, that that in US dollars is just a tad over $10,000. And then they have what they call the Orblivion could get because of or you spell or you gotta spell orb tony spell orb they have the orblivion edition which is limited to 50 and it's priced at twenty five thousand australian dollars which is about sixteen thousand seven hundred us dollars at current exchange rates the differences are the orblivion oh i'm gonna choke on this word a lot the orblivion edition has the topper has some custom callout options. You can you can have custom callouts for your game. Uh, you get an additional multi-ball, kind of like how Tron LE did with a Daft Punk multi-ball, would be my analogy. And it has some other stuff too. Like I think there's like an album with the music that you get like on a vinyl or something and, and things like that. I didn't list them all out. Go read the Nap Arcade article if you want to know. Both versions will have both the original code and the and the 2.0 revisited code. Now most of the online criticism that I've seen about this game is, well, the first thing is the Oblivion Edition, and this is an option. You can go either way, but they, have, did you ever see the old Family Guy episode where it, uh, where it clips to Ted Turner as one of the cutaways that Family Guy, you know, the cutaway mm-hmm. gags Family Guy does, and there's one thing where it clips to Ted Turner, and uh, he just it just shows him at a, at a microphone and goes, "I've colorized the moon," <laughs> <laughs> because if you might remember, to like Turner classic movies, he used to like colorize Everything, all these, yeah, yeah he colorized all these classic movies. It's the thing he was into, and so they colorized uh, Centaur. Centaur, which is black and white art with some red accents, it looked like in both versions to me, again, maybe some of this is the RGB lighting, but it looked like they've added additional color to the plastics in both versions. It's sure how it looked in the pictures. But, because uh, I did watch the trailer, but in the uh, on the Oblivion edition, you can ask for the, the more black and white play field, but they have a colorized version of the play field and I'm going to agree with the criticism. I think that was a pretty big mistake. Yeah. No, like, that was like, definitely. I don't even know why they invested time in doing that. I mean, it's one of those games where I think they should have just left that, just left all of that as, as it was. The, the most iconic thing about Centaur is probably the art. In fact, I'm not going to say probably. I'm going to because we have a podcast. It is the art. It's more. It's not the gameplay. Oh no, it's, it's the art. Fathom has better gameplay than Centaur. Centaur, it's the art, and then I would say it's the callouts after that. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with you. So, anyway, there's been a lot of debate on that. Um, your thoughts? You have other other thoughts about that? Let, let's explore because this is our main topic for for the day. My thoughts open up with the fact that when I saw this, the very first thing I did was open up uh, Messenger and send Dennis a message that opened with WTF. <laughs> I don't think you just sent it to me either, but maybe you did. Uh, yeah, no, I think it might have gone to multiple people. <laughs> but just because this game is too expensive. there is the, the, the cost of this is insane. It is like... The cheap, the the beast mode version is what I thought the most expensive version would cost of this game when I first started going through stuff until prices appeared. So I was in shock at the cost of this game. Uh, 
But then I started getting into everything else. I, I do want, real quick, from the Nap Arcade article, uh, looking at the extra special stuff from the Orblivion edition. Orblivion. Underworld Queen Interactive Plasma Topper. Witness the mesmerizing presence of the Underworld Queen with an interactive plasma top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't need this. it's just crazy. But the custom callouts, like you said, but the thing that gets me airbrushed motorcycle helmet and leather jacket embark on your pinball adventures in style with an airbrushed motorcycle helmet and a genuine leather jacket. These exclusive additions will make you feel like a true pinball rock star. No, man, they're not going to make you feel like a pinball rock star. They're going to make you feel like something. I can guarantee you that, but it ain't a rock star. (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh yes um now did you you mentioned looking at the looking at the photos did you watch the trailer no i never watched it. i just read the article okay. and looked at the pictures. okay because there's a song like they have a custom song about the centaur and i'm i'm not sure that i like it it's not i don't think it's a bad song but it's it's so it's such an 80s game. The idea that they made like a rock song about Centaur feels feels odd to me. Was it power ballad? Was it a uh, power ballad? No, oh no. And I mean, this is not don't worry. This is nothing like like wow wow it's not like I'm sure there will be people that that like this. But right. like, again, it's some of the decision making on what to uh, revisit with revisiting Centaur. I I just find I'm I'm a little perplexed. You know, well, you point out, you know, some like again, but colorizing the colorizing the moon, um, doing a, a special song, which I mean, it's going to come on an album on the Oblivion edition. Doing the like the motorcycle helmet, and I mean, why didn't it just come with a motorcycle while we're at it? That made you look like a real centaur who was half motorcycle. <laughs> I mean, I guess we, I mean, who knows what the price would have to be at that point. But, uh, I mean, that was going to be my main focus area as well. What you, what you led into here, which is the pricing on these games is extremely high. And I feel like, and this is my impression, obviously, I feel like they know that the price is really high and so in desperation to justify it, they have crammed in a whole bunch of additions, uh, add-ons. Uh, I don't mean additions as in, with an E-D, I mean A-D-D-I-T-I-O-N, uh, that, that don't, like they don't really add the value that they think they do. It just feels like it's we're throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping that it'll stick. Like, again, I mean, let's take, you... You have a motorcycle, so you being interested possibly in a airbrushed motorcycle helmet and leather jacket might make sense. I, I'm not. I I I got that. I got that impression. You made that impression very clear, Tony, to to everyone who's listening. But like, I don't ride motorcycles, so I have no interest in a motorcycle helmet. Like that to me, that's just a huge thing that's going to take up shelf space. Like, wh- where am I going to display that? What about scooters? Where do you feel on scooters, Dennis? I mean, I'm not, I'm not like a, I don't, outside of like cycling, I don't do two wheel transportation. Um, so like, I don't, I'm not offended by scooters, but like stuff that I would wear on a scooter doesn't apply to me. 
But I mean, you could have like this cool helmet and be on your Vespa with your leather jacket and your cool airbrushed custom sure, Centaur helmet with the custom My Little Centaur song playing off the off in your 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 earbuds. My Little Centaur, My Little Centaur. Da, 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 da. I'm Apocalypse Pony. <laughs> War Pony. War Pony. Yes. Oh, I love it. Um. Here, here's my analogy. You remember the old, uh, it was like a late 70s game, Supersonic. It was like themed around the, what was that jet that held 100 people that we used to? The Concorde. The Concorde. It's themed around the Concorde, if yeah. I remember right. It'd be like them doing Supersonic Revisited and the Sonic Oblivion Edition came with a parachute. <laughs> yeah. I feel I'm being fair here. It's like it came with a parachute. <laughs> Well, but I'm not jumping out of the Concord, so I don't. What am I going to do with a parachute? Is this going to take up space? And you ask me, well, what do you feel about Cessnas? Doesn't change the fact that I don't need a parachute. I don't parachute. I don't need it. So that's what I feel like. Like you know, throwing that in, I feel like the. You probably saw in the article the Oblivion comes with like a I don't know if it was vinyl or what a, a, yeah it's al- a, yeah it's like a vinyl album and- to me that feels like oh well, oh wait Scott Denisi did this thing with a cassette tape and then they did the thing with the Black Knight album you know Stern yeah. did so let's take that let's like let's oh, we're like a little magpie and we're just grabbing little bits of glitter and throwing it into our edition so that you think it's worth seventeen thousand dollars or sixteen five you know we'll round yeah sixteen we're rounded down sixteen five yeah but but. The TNA music is fire. It's on my literal my playlist it that is. plays at my at, at, in my office at work every day. There was a logical reason for Scott to do what he did with yes. the album. That doesn't mean that again. Doesn't mean we get to magpie it unless you think that the, your song is as good as Scott's entire banger soundtrack. Which maybe it is. I don't know. Are there? I'm hoping there's more than just the one song I've heard. It's a vinyl with just one song. <laughs> What's well, a single? What's well, a single? Everything else is bells and chimes. Bells and chimes. So I mean that uh, the the whole. I mean, I just imagine him sitting there, say, like I don't have a good. I don't have an Australian impression. So let me like, like crikey, we got, we're charging twenty five thousand dollars. What do we do? What would Ted Turner do? <laughs> he colorized the moon. Let's colorize this flight field. That'll that'll solve all our problems, right? It's gonna solve all our problems. People like the cool water effect with 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 Fathom. So what can we do with Oblivion? I colorize it. Or Oblivion. Yeah, I, I I I don't understand. So but so so context wise, so we've got the limited two hundred fifty version. $10,000 game. Okay. That's not the highest price game on the market, but it's on the upper end. It I mean, is. It's five figures. And then. Is Centaur that hard to get a hold of in the first place? I mean, they are pretty beat up, so it would be hard to get a good one. But I don't think. I. And I don't know this to be true, but I'm going to go ahead and claim it. I think you could probably get a beater Centaur and get it like fully restored and spend less. But you're not getting like the 2.0 code and stuff. Right. So, so some of that, I, I, I don't remember. Um, I probably should have looked it up ahead of time. How much more this? Because it is more than what they charged for the Fathom games. But the Oblivion edition deciding to do this ultra high lux edition, which is more 
than the Ultra Hilux Godfather game, which is overpriced. Yes, very much so. Is deeply concerned. And here's the thing. Here's the fundamental that I that it's this is a a victim of circumstance because they are doing remakes. It has to be the Centaur layout. Godfather, despite me feeling that it is grossly overpriced, even at twelve thousand, has a lot more going on on top of that play field than Centaur can. Because Centaur was a desperation move on the part of Bally to get highly experimental before they totally cheaped out. But it's still, because of its era, a single-level design with a few drop targets and some captive balls. Like, it doesn't have a like a thing, a shooter guide to, to fight and all that. You know, it's just, mechanically speaking, I believe Godfather is a more complicated... That like there's probably well I hate to do the whole coil count thing but <laughs> but but basically yeah but basically that's what I mean it's like centaur doesn't like its build of mat- bill of materials isn't all that high now part of the problem that haggis has is haggis is in Australia right so obviously and I'm not factoring in shipping all we're doing is and and flipping out Zach. Zach's company. They're the they're the U.S. distributor for Haggis. So I went to his website last night to look and see about the U.S. pricing. It just lists the Australian pricing. So you have ultimately when you do the buy, it's going to just be a straight up con- currency conversion. So the, that's yeah. all I'm factoring right now. Not any shipping or anything. I'm sure just, the shipping's going to be terrible. So just the straight up uh Exchange rate convert. Now we have a favorable exchange rate with Australia. It's still really, it's still right. really bleak. So I'm just you're coming in with basically at least when it comes to the limit of fifty, the most to my knowledge, the most expensive game on the market. Not true for the two hundred and fifty unit. Right. Currently, I don't think there's anything regularly traded that's more than uh, Godfather CE. But ten plus thousand dollars for an eighties game. Yeah. And we don't know how good the code is. And this stuff's getting built next year. Well, and the thing that gets me is that with Fathom Revisited, you had two things. You had what is quite possibly the greatest art of its era combined with an actually fun game. Where with Centaur, you've got the art's good, but the game's not great. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, I actually, For me, Centaur's all about the art package. Sure. I, I think the art... I mean, the art is why people want to collect it. I personally th- have felt historically... I've only played... I played Centaur a little bit. Um, I like it, uh, like, but it's very straightforward and it doesn't have the creativity of Fathom. Right. Like the outlane inlanes and stuff that Fathom's got going on. And I just think the geometry is less enjoyable on Centaur. But I do think it actually is a pretty good player for the era. But it was also never a game I would have fathomed, pun intended, to to spend five figures on. Right. No, it is a game that makes sense to me for a remake. It does not make sense for a high-end premium remake. Right, right. And that's... This feels like, have you ever seen those cars where they sell the car kit so you can change your old little sedan so it looks like some, like, modernized version of like a 40s Rolls Royce. No, I'm not familiar with that. That's what this kind of feels like to me. It feels like a a a, a putting, just trying to fancify something that doesn't necessarily need it. 
Okay, doing a quick Google search, according to Pinside, the Mermaid edition, which was the LE version of Mm -hmm. Fathom Revisited, was 11,500 Australian. So it was significantly less than the Beast edition is, which is the lower tier version of Centaur. Wow. Wow. Like it's thirty five hundred Australian less. So okay, that's shocking. Because I actually thought when Fathom Revisited was announced, the Mermaid Edition was was especially given it was being built in Australia. I thought it was pretty fairly priced, given they were going to put in new code and they had the lighting. Right. I mean, it was a lot more than what you could probably have secured a nice version of the old version. But but you got you got benefits that I could see the argument for this. At this price point, I I really I, I I'm not going to go out and say like they're not going to sell out or anything like that because this is pinball and there are plenty of people that this is fine they'll be like this is fine but this is not definitely not a bargain which is something the their quote unquote remake competitor Chicago Gaming is seen as right because Chicago Gaming remember when Cactus came out people. If there was any criticism, it was the LEs were too cheap. People were like, this is like a no-brainer buy for people to get the LE. Yeah. Granted, they're still waiting, but so were most <laughs> but so were most of the Fathom people. Valid point. I mean So maybe it's not most of them at this stage. They, I think their plan is to finish getting Fathom built out this year. Uh I guess kind of to conclude, so, sort of separate from that, uh, Haggis is in a really weird boat to me right now, um, which I think is interesting. And that's because I feel like they have squandered a lot of goodwill when they started at such a high place. And I'm not even talking about the pricing. I mean, the the long, repeated delays, which aren't all their fault, I'm sure, regarding Fathom, for example. But also, it was a company that when they were first doing, like when they were doing Celts, their big claim to fame was just how transparent they were. Lots of constant videos, video updates, the owner going out there and explaining what's going on, you know, footage from the facility or just talking. People felt like they really understood. And then when Fathom wasn't coming out, they got really, really quiet. And it's not unusual compared to other companies, but it was unusual compared to what they were doing. And they had really, I think, and I'd have to go back and research it, I my recollection, right or wrong, was they had promoted themselves as being highly transparent, and then they took that away. And then, post-TPF, while I understand it from business decisions, they decided to, and again, other companies have done this, break their word because they wanted more money, which I don't blame them for, and be like, We're, we got to get the 2.0 code into the hand. Because people finally got to play it, and they're like, the 2.0 code was good. Yeah. So they were willing to buy it, which is why... People like me sit there, you know, from our from our ivory towers of non-manufacturing and go, why'd you ever do a classic edition without the without the code in the first place? I like I thought it was a no-brainer given how much money you were asking that you want to have an option to sell the code. That you said no because you wanted to sell mermaids. That was the ship you built. Right. And now it's like, well, we're building a new ship. And again, others have done this. Stern. With uh, upping the the limited uh, the SLE count on Batman was a c- case in point. It was originally a lower number, and then they actually they've done that with other LEs too, where they've been like, oh, "It's five hundred LEs." Oh, sorry, we meant seven hundred fifty LEs. Really? Wow! Well, amazing. What amazing math is hard, huh? 
you must be a you must be a water plant engineer to <laughs> mess up the math like that. Um, so this doesn't help with that because I think people are going to look at this and go, "This is an inflation. This is a gouge." Had the had the or Oblivion edition been the fifteen thousand Australian, I don't think people would have batted an eye. Right, but to go ahead and say no, 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 that one's ten thousand Australian more than the other game, which is already what thirty five hundred more than the Fathom revisited, and a lot of people are still waiting for their Fathoms. That's just a perception thing. I I think this is very expensive for what this is, and I think most of the add ons either make zero sense from most owner like most people aren't really going to care about those goodies so the attempt to inject value by putting things in that aren't even on the game isn't going to work it almost feels like those kickstarters where they just keep adding to keep the money rolling up they just keep adding more stuff in like stretch goals but the stu- yeah, yeah but the stretch goals are in this instance it's just like peripheral stuff like and where they made decisions like well, what can we do that's different let's colorize the moon on centaur no no now if centaur had like an awful art package you'd be like you know what like if centaur was hoops from gottlieb Mm -hmm. and they'd be like you know what other than the sun like blowing wind on the on the translite like the rest of this art package is pretty much garbage tier like half the basketball players didn't even tie their shoes they're going to trip and die. <laughs> so let's go in and let's do the tied shoes edition where we actually go in and we just tie all their shoes. Or uh, if you were to remake um, Jurassic Park Daddy East and you're going to fix Nedry's hand. So he's not going to have that weird hand. Why would you we're do gonna, that, though? Call it's it, so call cool. that, that's... I would just draw a hook on it. He's got a little, <laughs> hook. Just give him got a little, hook, hand, a little hook hand. Or instead of the hand, maybe maybe uh, just put in the Barbasol can that he's supposed to be, you know, from the Yeah, movie. Yeah, just cut, like, just like as a sticker. Just put a little just sticker. a little sticker there. Just cover that just... weird old hand. A little weird, weird old hand. Yeah, like, but Centaur's art's iconic to... Have the audacity to colorize it is reminds me of, you know, as we go with eclectic movie podcast, remind, and I never watched this because I couldn't even believe they did it. Uh, and the reviews, of course, were scathing when they did the shot for shot remake of Psycho. Why would I not just watch Psycho? Why do I want a shot for shot remake? What are you doing? It's like, look at this. It's not it's not high art to just copy someone. That's not a that's not a homage. That's copying. I never understood that. It I, was I so never ever weird. understood that. It was so weird. And this is weird too to me. We're gonna take this iconic art package and I get that they'll say you you don't have to take it. Thank you. That that's smart. That that you'll let me have a more traditional looking playfield. It's let's go back to Jurassic Park. It's you only ask yourself if you could without thinking about if you should. I, anyway, uh, this is a miss for me. I have absolutely zero interest in this remake, which is unfortunate because I actually, like like Fathom Revisited, Mermaid Edition? I wouldn't mind owning that game. Yeah. I'm not going to go out and buy it, but I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind owning that game. This, uh, I, I mean, I guess the Beast Edition would be okay, but the price that it's at, is above what I think the game. I just don't think the 2.0 code can raise it to that level for me. And yeah. so without that, I think there's other games at that price point and, and that most you would the, rather have. And most of the other incentives as as silly as I find them, they're with the Oblivion edition anyway. So it's kind of moot. Like 
because I only want to sell fifty of those, and I I'm not I'm not spending sixteen thousand five hundred dollars on a nineteen eighties game. But you 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 get an album, you you get vinyl, and a jacket. I don't even have a record and player. And custom callouts, so they say your name. That's something that they kind of did with a screen uh, with Celts. Again, another, and I don't, oh, I'm trying, now I feel like I'm being overly negative. Another low effort add on, like it's, well, I'm going to use, I'll use myself as a low effort example. So again, with my watch YouTube, I finally added a Discord last night. You got an invite. Yes. Because I need an administrator to run, help run the Discord. All <laughs> right. Well, because I'm like, I charge a whole 99 cents a month. That's one penny less than this podcast is Patreon. I got to give them something. But what did I do before that? Priority reply to comments. Wow. What a what an effort. I mean, everyone I think who was doing it knew that they're just being supportive to, you know, give me 99 cents a month. But like priority reply to comments is not like a lift. Right. Or, or emojis. Other than initially creating the emoji, it wasn't much work. Like, how long does it take me to make an emoji? Ten minutes. It's like it doesn't take very long. But so, it, it, it is it is kind of nice because it's not like well, modding your live streams are, is a problem, right? Right. right. Because well, it's, you, it's like you have a it's nice a sort little of fun community. stuff. But the difference is, I didn't charge you know an additional what what six thousand dollars for it. <laughs> you you should you need to have it. You need to have two tiers. You need to have a ninety nine cent tier. And a six thousand dollar tier. <laughs> I'll call it. I'll call it the the Orblex edition. <laughs> People six thousand dollar a month. There would be like, you're gonna send me a Rolex. I'm like, yeah. After six months, you can have an Oyster Perpetual. Yeah, um, thirty one millimeter. <laughs> anyway, um, there's only one more thing for us to cover in the pinball segment, Tony, and that. Is Rumor Corner. Rumor Corner. Rumor Corner. Rumor Corner. Rumor Corner. Rumor Corner. Dennis Creasel's got the news before Napa Cave. Is that right, Tony? Yeah. Okay, so for today's rumors, I have. I'm already going to say, I'm not sure this is going to rumor tain you. I don't think this is, compared to last week's with the Harry Potter thing, that one was huge. This is, Oh, I've, I've this, still got some chats and, and, and with people going on and talking oh, about Harry Potter I stuff. Guys and gals, listeners, and... Uh, some of it's and, in the Discord, in oh, our yeah. Discord. I, in fact, I think it might have been one of the Discord posters who came in, and our Discord doesn't require 99 cents or anything. It's uh, There's a link in our show notes uh, in the video, uh, video, sorry, in the audio. Uh, you can click and join the Discord through that. I have a link there, a permanent link. Um, I think it was there. Someone went in and basically, this is the paraphrase, says, Dennis, I can't wait for you to be so wrong and Harry Potter to be so awesome and you be so sad that this Harry Potter is so awesome and everything you've said in this rumor is a dirty, filthy, nasty lie. To which I would say, Rumor Corner's never wrong, so it doesn't matter. Even when Rumor Corner is wrong, it's not wrong. That's the power of Rumor Corner. 60% of the time, it's right 100% of the time. Rumor Corner acknowledges, except everyone listening, except that Rumor Corner is just a pile of falseness, and therein lies the truth of it. Hence, victory is always obtained. Also, we wouldn't be sad if, well, I let me not speak for you. I wouldn't be sad if Harry Potter was amazing. I just don't hold out hope. I don't care. I don't care if it's amazing or not. I don't. Just like I don't really care that Godzilla ended up being the greatest game ever made. 
It's cool that it is. I bought it because it is. Yeah. It is what it, but if Godzilla had been awful and they had done, that's a lot of fish. I've been like, that was bad and move on. I don't, I don't, I don't have the same attachment to nostalgia that some people do with that stuff. Like, there's a there's a rumor that I, again I think I think Nap Arcade has an article and I don't have a link in the show notes because I'm only going to talk about it but there's a rumor that uh, that Stern has Masters of the Universe I had He-Man toys my dog chewed up one I had to get a second He-Man I played with He-Man toys I don't care if the game is good or not good yeah I ho- I mean I mean that would I, be I like pinball to be good because it's going to be on location and I'm going to want to play it and I don't want to have to I don't want it to be like Guns and Roses or Led Zeppelin where when I get the game in the draw I'm like can I forfeit. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. Well, at least Led Zeppelin was going to be over quickly. With Guns and Roses, I would really be like, I never actually thought forfeit. I always that with Rob Zombie, I did. Uh, with Guns and Roses, it was like, please break, please break, please break. And half the time, it would. So we'd be okay. But there, there, there are definitely certain games that, in a tournament situation, mm-hmm. I'll drain and just be like, darn. As I walk away, they're like, ball save, ball save, and I'll just keep walking. Yeah, it's this is how it is. That's probably why we're not in the top one hundred. And we're just sad little players. Yes, that's what it is. It's uh, it's really just that we don't try hard enough. Yes. We're the opposite of our tryhards. We're the not tryhards. <laughs> we're the try. We are the try lasses. I, I, I'm just there for, for food and social interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I noticed uh, I actually get sloppier with my play. Like if it's like 830 at night now and I'm like, I haven't eaten yet. I'm like, I don't really want to continue, but I don't want to look like I'm throwing either. So, so I kind of try a little less hard, maybe get a little sloppier with the shots. Maybe. I think we need to rechange that plan so we eat first. Uh, yeah, the problem is because the tournaments start, then everyone cares about this. The tournaments start at five, so that basically means we have to eat at four. You have to factor in when you're going to get the food to, you can't cut it too close. So it's like, it just becomes so early. I'm just like annoyed. I'm well, annoyed. Let's see. Lunch Here, is between breakfast is, and, and or it is. brunch it, is between it, breakfast yes, and lunch. What's yes. between Liner. Liner. Yeah, there's Liner. But I guess technically it wouldn't be like high tea. Would it count? I don't to have we're tacos not for Brit- high tea. We're not British, so I don't know if that counts. I don't know. Look, here's my is this is just and I know a lot of tournament people completely disagree. And that's fine. They're hardcore, awesome top one hundred people, and everyone gets to have their own view. I do not believe that a regular like a monthly pinball tournament should run longer than watching a theatrical version. And I'll, I'll be generous extended edition Lord of the Rings movie. I should, I should be done with a tournament by the time fellowship ends the long version, the one, the only one I don't even remember the theatrical versions. Cause I haven't seen them since the theaters. Yeah, me neither. So when tournaments run longer than that, they've gone too long. That is my position. Setting aside things like uh, state championship series and stuff like that, you know, major events yeah. sort of things. I just, I don't feel that it should be longer than a movie experience. I'm there to do a social interaction, have fun and play. It's, that's a long time to be, and most of that time sitting. Yeah. So like, I, like I understand if it's the big super tournaments where it's like a full weekend of insanity with like thousands of people that the game, that it's going to take forever. But yeah, a normal like tournament. If it's if we're set at six hours or more, if I'm not getting home till midnight for my five p.m. tournament, I'm not a happy Tony. Yeah, it's just, and so that's where it's gotten more difficult for me lately because I have other stuff that I want to do, and I have to consider when we talk about uh, or I consider going and doing a Saturday tournament. 
I have to, at this point, defaultly assume as of, because I'm going to have to leave the house like 4 or 4.30, depending which location it is, that the rest of my evening is lost. I cannot, I don't have the rest of my day. It's because I have no idea when I'm going to be like, is it going to be, I don't even always know the format. So if it's going to be head to head play, I might be out in under an hour. If I win though, it might, in fact, I like won two lost to last time I was at 403 club and that still stretched me to 8.35 PM at a 5 PM start. And I played against four people total. Yeah. Uh, no, it doesn't work for me is my problem. But I, as I, as I get older, I'm just like, this doesn't, this doesn't work for me. I got 30 minute drive back after this and, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. So anyway, rumor corner, cause we're in rumor corner. Uh, that is not the rumor. No one cares about what we just whined about <laughs> except us. The rumor corner is uh, actually about another pinball company. We don't spend a lot of time talking about Dutch pinball makers of the big Lebowski, which they continue to, I was going to say churn out, but that would imply a high level of production. Um, I think I read somewhere. I don't remember his nap. It might've been on Facebook though. Something like they're in like the one forties of the early adopters. So, I mean, they've been making progress. It's been years, but they've it, been making progress. They're getting know, there. We thought they would have folded years ago. So I, I completely so, figured they'd so, be when they started making them out of a basement, one yeah. at a time, I thought they were done. Yeah, so we definitely, we definitely miscalled that. So here's the thing: um, this is already a, a circulating rumor. This isn't new to individuals, but Dutch pinball is anticipated. Uh, I believe this is covered on the Pinball News, Pinball Magazine. Pinball That's a podcast. line nobody anticipates. Yes, that they're going to be revealing game number two. I guess relatively soon. Who's going to trust them with money? I uh, honestly. They've been at it so long that there are a lot of people that don't remember the Aura and the Fallout and everything. Like we talked a lot about Aura or ARA, however you want to say it. That was their original contract manufacturer and how that all fell apart mm-hmm. and how they had squandered so much money and that's why they're in the situation they're in. They're just honestly, there are a lot of collectors now that don't know any of that. And if you buy a new TBL, you don't wait. Like you get it pretty quick. It's the people that pre-bought back with a contract manufacturer that are stuck waiting for enough sales and they get one and then enough sales and then another one goes out. So anyway, another game at long last, because they have consistently said that they were not going away after this, despite my personal opinion, which obviously they don't care about, which was finish up your big Lebowski's, make everyone whole, pat yourself on the back for, you know, spending a decade to do it and then end this and go away. That's not their plan. Their plan is to make more games. So here's the thing. I've seen very little about about stuff, but purportedly people have tried this game, played this game, and said that it plays pretty well, which is a reputation that the Big Lebowski had. And we, in fact, we finally played it at this year's TPF, and we both had pretty positive reaction to the game. You actually more so than me in terms of how it played. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So I'm hearing that, Game's coming out soon, and the game plays really well. What the rumor corner is, which I've not heard out, you know, from outside sources and that we are sharing here exclusively with Eclectic Gamers Podcast listeners, is that the theme itself that they've gone with, that the theme will be known, but it is not remotely of the same caliber as the cult classic, The Big Lebowski. So it's going to probably this is my speculation at this point no no longer the rumor my speculation would be it's going to have to really rely on exposure and 
acceptance of the gameplay. Whereas with Big Lebowski, a lot of people just bought it because they loved the dude. And then it just happened that the game was good. And so that just added to the, oh, wow, it's actually, wow, it's actually a good game. Not like when people were trying to buy Predator, another game no one remembers, um, where it was like, this game is crap, but we love Predator, so we won it. Like, I don't know anyone who thought Predator played well. Even Nate Shivers, back when he did Coast to Coast Pinball, actually, like, because I felt, and this is, uh, I thought he was, oh, I thought I felt he was overly kind to Predator, but even he was like, this like is not my type of game. <laughs> which is, you know, it's code, <laughs> yeah. which is code for people that don't like to say anything negative that it's, it's, oh, I almost swore. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's terrible it's stuff. It's, it's bad stuff. But anyway, are you rumored? So what? To oh, yes. What do you think? What would be a theme that would be I mean, interesting? That, I, know, I, 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 would think. I haven't heard any, like the rumor didn't include any, like, I don't know if it's a movie, music, like a band, see TV I mean, show. I mean, because the Big Lebowski's so cult. Mm-hmm. I can see another cult, but we've already got a lot of the cult classics have already had things made on them by one group or another. Well, well, I mean, what, what could we- some? I mean, there are because cult classics aren't you know, like broadly commercial. Like, for example, the low hanging cult classic fruit would be Big Trouble in Little China. That would be because people talk it up all the time. Uh, probably a pretty cheap license to get because the movie itself didn't do great. Uh, it's such it's a, a good it's a movie, true cult classic. It is. However, I don't think the rumor would be what the rumor is if it was Big Trouble. Because I think Big Trouble has a bigger cult status than the Lebowski. Yeah, I'm probably wrong on that. I'm probably th- being '80s nostalgia biased because I've seen. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Like I own Big Trouble in Little China. I don't own. It's, it's I don't a, own Lebowski. It's a great movie. Um, so that would be one. Um, Escape from New York. Escape from New York. Uh, Assault on Precinct Thirteen. I think that's a little too uh, out there. Yeah. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Rocky Show. Rocky Horror. Ah. Very cult classic. I, I, I admit, I would be tempted. I would definitely want to play a Rocky Horror. I don't know if I'd be tempted to purchase a Rocky Horror, but I would be tempted to. Pl- I would. I would definitely want to play a Rocky Horror. You wanna? You want me to go real weird? Uh, cult classic. How about uh, that French film, Brotherhood of the Wolf? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. We saw that in theaters, didn't yes, we? Yes. Yes. I guess we did. I. I. I know I did. I didn't remember. Um, that. What- yeah. That one was. I know it's got a lot of buzz. It, like people like, the, but it it's, is it's just an extremely well respected action movie. And but, and again, it actually got theatrical release. It was subbed. It, there, yeah. Uh, um, like I don't, I don't. There probably is a dub version, but but it actually. It, I watched a making a, or like a YouTube thing on it, and purportedly it did achieve cult classic. Like it did very well on video and yeah. so achieved cult classic status. Uh, and they're Dutch, remember? So maybe that's a bigger deal over there than could be because the French film and the Dutch are like, they might not be able to afford Rocky horror. It could be Priscilla. Oh, you see, that would make sense. Why couldn't Haggis do that? Is because that's set in Australia. Priscilla, Priscilla, queen of the desert. Yep. Yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time. It's a fun movie though. Um, they both are. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, maybe, uh, I, I don't know. There's say, see, there's just so many cool classics that normally for a high volume per, uh, entity, they wouldn't make them because there's, there's just not like, you don't know if the demand is there for, for such a, for such, um, a, arachnophobia. 
<laughs> then you stay with the John Goodman theme too. Uh, that would be that would be funny, especially if you could get him to do call outs as the exterminator. <laughs> I think I got out of the bottom <laughs> ball drains. I think it's still there on the bottom of my shoe. Maybe that's ball save. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, are you room retained? I was room retained. Oh, okay, good. Well, video game entertain us. Video game tainment. I come to you with video games, and there's just some amazing news. Lord of the Rings Golem. My precious. This game was so successful. It was such a big hit. It's so amazing. We swears it. That 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 that. How do you pronounce it? Datalik, the the company that made it was so successful that they decided they cannot possibly top making Golem. So they are completely out of the video game development <laughs> business. <laughs> they, they, they laid off 25 employees and decided we're never going to make another. We're going out on top, baby. Mm-hmm. We're going out on top. We're, we can't do another one this good. This news, uh, it, and we talked about this before we went on air, has very much <laughs> excited me because I think this increases the odds that a $1 version of this game comes out maybe within the next year and i'm thinking that this is probably one that i need to live stream on eclectic gamers podcast it it would definitely be something special get your emo hair all right i kind of have my hair like that today yeah get your hair all emoed right we'll get a little powder and whatever raw and (laughs) wiggling (laughs) (laughs) anyway that was fun news i was really excited that was yeah that, that was great fun. Uh, the Microsoft uh, uh, Federal Trade Commission trial uh, was going on. They had uh, five days of hearings, lots of discussions. Uh, Sony had some documents that they did some really poor redaction on, mm. uh, where they they scrub, they just used a sharpie to light to to black out certain things, and then when they scanned it so it could be displayed, you could see straight through the sharpie. Uh. <laughs> So, oh, that's uh, unfortunate. so um, they 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 let uh, and that was all on financial uh, information. So we found out that uh, Sony got one point five billion dollars uh, from their cut of Call of Duty sales on PlayStation just in twenty twenty one. Wow! So that is a big that's a big number. Mm. Um, we also learned that Activision's deal with Sony for Call of Duty ends this year, okay. at the end of this year. Yeah, because they've had some like special exclusive arrangements, like timed exclusive stuff, yeah, or custom it, skins customs, and stuff. All sorts of, yeah. Uh, we also learned that uh, Bethesda had more PlayStation games in development than Xbox uh, when they were acquired by Xbox. And we also learned that Microsoft was so worried about not getting Starfield, that it was one of the trigger points for the purchase of Bethesda. Interesting. That that one that was very surprising to me. They, uh, I mean, I get it when I think about it. I just I didn't know Starfield was that big of a deal to them, and that uh, there was there was a seen was. as a perceived risk that they wouldn't have it. Yeah, they also uh, one of the very first things they did was they canceled all PlayStation versions of games that didn't already have an exclusivity mm-hmm. agreement, uh, which has apparently caused. Uh, some surprise in Bethesda because they've changed tact so much on the Activision bid where they're saying, oh yeah, we'll do this because apparently Bethesda had asked about releasing on PlayStation and, and Microsoft was like, no, 
<laughs> yeah. And now I, they're like, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, no. And I think that's his response to the criticism that they've got of the scrutiny of the deal. Because honestly, my assumption had been when they got Bethesda that they were doing it to get exclusives. Right. Because that, that's the biggest complaint people, again, from the console sales perspective, which because they're so they're so far in third place, it's like the biggest criticism is, oh, Microsoft doesn't have any good exclusives. So why not buy a studio where people love their franchises? So you have a few. Yeah. I mean, it would, it would just make sense. But uh, let's see. What else do they say? Microsoft, uh, their internal documents expect to see the PlayStation 6 in 2028, which I've heard things about the next round of Xbox around 2028. Yeah, I was hearing that. I think that's pretty much commonly considered when we'll probably see the next generation uh, come out. Sony is intending to keep Activation out of the PS6 development loop if Microsoft acquires them because apparently uh, Activision had a rather large hand in helping with hardware development of the PS5. That was interesting. Yeah, I never I, thought I, about a software company like that being involved in their hardware development. Uh, what should be a zero surprise to anybody, uh, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella uh, stated that they'd love for to eliminate console exclusivity on everything. They don't want any games to be exclusive yes, to a console. Yes. That, that makes sense for the person in last place, mm-hmm. that you wouldn't want anything to be exclusive. That's true. Um, but what also came out as interesting to me, because I'd not actually heard it before, um, but Microsoft, it, it's come out that Microsoft chose Activision for a purchase, not about the consoles. Uh, we always talk, or we always refer to it as, you know, Activision Blizzard. But the truth of the matter is, it's Activision Blizzard King. Yes. King is the mobile division. That was the primary driver on Microsoft's purchase, uh, our desire to purchase is for King. I had, and this is just in my head, my head canon, I had always thought that Phil Spencer wanted Activision for the console video games and the way he sold it to Microsoft was we'll have such a big space in mobile gaming because of King. This is why we should spend this much money is because that's where you'll make money, but he'll be able to position his Xbox division much better because he's got Activision Blizzard stuff. But King is the reason why it makes sense for Microsoft to want it, which makes sense. But uh, yeah, we, I mean, we never talk about it because yeah. it's like not a part of any of the debate that ever like comes up with the, like you shouldn't be able to like I haven't heard anyone go out and say you shouldn't be you shouldn't get King, but it's like but King's huge. Yeah, we don't want Microsoft to have Candy Crush. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean it's just one of those things. Um, the 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 hearings are over. Uh, there has been as of this date no ruling. It'll probably come out tomorrow. Of course it will. I, it's going to have to come out soon. Uh, they've got Mike because if it doesn't come out by the I think it's the 17th it's the 13th or the 17th something like that uh microsoft's got to pay out activision blizzard a lot of stuff uh and have the contract uh dissolved ended failure to hit the date uh payments um twitch is adding a whole bunch of social media stuff to the Twitch app to get more interaction with people. It, it's literally, uh, I think they're trying to fight the fact that TikTok and all of that is become the primary contact points for a lot of their streamers and they're doing stuff, inter- doing interactions when they're not streaming with their groups. They're trying to bring that in house too. 
Okay. Well, I get the motivation, but. I mean, yeah. I Who uses the Twitch app? Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, YouTube's sort of the same way. There's not outside of comments. There's like YouTube took away the messaging feature because like harassment and stuff was right. a problem. So, yeah, most of that stuff's uh, done through discords or Facebook or, you know, other things. Um, Starfield, which we talked about, yeah, the physical editions of Starfield <gasps> are not going to have discs except yeah. for the Xbox Standard Edition. The super fancy, exclusive, expensive collector's editions, no discs. The PC versions, no discs. They're all going to just have digital codes. Will it come with an airbrushed motorcycle helmet? No, they're nowhere near that cool. Mm. They wish they were that cool. They'll they'll come with like um, uh, a sandwich, so you can make a pile of sandwiches yes. on your table. Table sandwich. I collect sandwiches. <laughs> that was so weird. That was like one of the weirdest it parts was. of that whole thing. I collect sandwiches, and it's just a table for yes. sandwiches. It's like it's like. I call this is my trophies. So I'm like a serial killer and I take sandwiches. <laughs> Trophy. Um, another thing, the oh, another thing we've not really talked about. Uh, there's been a lot of drama on Reddit over the last couple of months, and we've kind of ignored it because it's not video games, it's not pinball, and it just kind of barely relates to it. But uh, Mojang has ended its official support for the Minecraft subreddit due to the ongoing. Uh, issues with reddit oh okay uh and i know i've talked about it briefly here and there because there's been some some drama going on but we've pretty much stayed away from it but yeah no it's it is spreading uh and continuing to the point of places pulling their official support ubisoft getting ahead of the game is dropping a blockchain game (laughs) I'm amazed this isn't Square Enix news, but okay. <laughs> that was my first thought. I thought I misread the article when I read it. But yep, nope, they are dropping a PvP tactical RPG that utilizes the blockchain. Uh, I don't know. I, at some point, people have to stop making blockchain games be a thing. It's either, I can't see it taking off. Maybe it will, but it just seems weird to have the core mechanic of your game be something blockchain related it just it feels forced to me it does like we're gonna make this work because it's got hype stuff blockchain is hype (laughs) it's the block except it's not not anymore anymore. it's It's over it's crypto winter time congratulations (laughs) if you still own a bunch of crypto sorry (laughs) maybe invest in something tangible sorry you didn't get out when the when when the time was right so How's your uh, game stop stock doing while I'm at, <laughs> while I'm asking about your financial health? How how are your diamond hands doing? It's gonna go to the moon any minute. <laughs> to, now. The moon. <laughs> to the moon. Niantic. Developers of Pokemon Go. Yes, I haven't played that in years. I haven't either. Uh, I have I, I work with a couple people who still play it every day. Um they are reducing staff heavily. They are letting go a quarter of their staff. Uh, they have outright canceled their Marvel game that was in production. It hasn't gone. It hasn't launched yet, but it's been in production. It's gone. Uh, they also have shut down uh, their NBA All World game that just launched, not that, like this year. 
uh, it, it shut down. They're completely closing their LA studios and they are, um, trimming down and concentrating on, uh, continuing Pokemon go as a living forever game. Uh, and they're also concentrating on a couple smaller projects, uh, collaborations they're working on with Nintendo, uh, and, a and a monster hunter, uh, game. Uh, they just recently closed their Harry Potter game. It was only up for like two years, and then they shut it down. Do they still have the game you used to play before Pokemon Go came out? You There was something there you There was. Used to play. They did have a game. That's what I played before Pokemon Go, and I actually enjoyed it more than Pokemon Go. I don't know if it's still up. I've not touched it mm. even longer than Pokemon Go. I can't even remember it. But I played that game like religiously uh, before Pokemon Go came out. I still think it was the better game. And I think we're at the end of our Yuji Naka saga. They finally, he had all the stuff and the judge has sat down and actually um, set down final judgment. He has been sentenced to two and a half years in prison, but that's a sentence. Yeah. That sentence has been suspended. He's on probation for four years. And as long as he doesn't violate probation, he does not have to go to jail. Okay. He does still need to repay his $1.2 million in fines, though. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, so. I guess he doesn't got to go fast to jail. Yeah. He's got, just got to walk the straight. What? I wonder, what is the probation for a white-collar crime like that? It's like, no more insider trading. Is, is that the probation? Just, just don't cheat the stock market. Yeah, I wonder if he has to do check-ins, like how you hear about. <laughs> have you been running stocks today? <laughs> Let me see your stock portfolio. Maybe. I get to have access to your your Vanguard username and password. <laughs> Going in and checking, making sure. Can you imagine taking your accountant into your parole officer so yeah. you can go through, you can go through yeah. your stocks? So it's so strange. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. Now... Uh, <laughs> now you have to end on something special. I'm going to end on something special. I was bored. Let's start. I'm going to open this up with I was bored. Oh, no, I was I'm, just, I'm getting Buffy Willow I, bored now. I, I, I was nowhere near that good. Oh, okay. But I was looking and I found a live stream last weekend. Um, and it was a live stream of the Bandai Namco game announcement uh, a panel at Anime Expo. And I was like, oh, look, let's see what what anime games that Bandai Namco is kicking out. Because that's what they kick out, like yeah, tons and yeah. tons of tons. That's like their bread and butter. Uh, I kind of hoped because there's they, they announced at the PlayStation thing, I think it was the PlayStation game thing earlier in the year, that there is going to be a new Dragon Ball Z uh, Budokai coming out. They didn't say anything about it. But what gets me is it's it, it, it was, I'm serious, the worst panel mm. I have ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> the, the, there wasn't that many people there. There was lots of empty seats. The crowd was silent. <laughs> the, 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 they were they were announcing games and the, and everybody up uh, up at the at the panel in the desks were clapping and they had their hype guy there who was trying to hype everything up and it was dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was no, occasionally you get a woo. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you, you could hear the, the people on the panel clapping more. 
Uh, they had all the Japanese developers for the games coming up and talking to it. And they, they do their normal, say hi in English or with a few words of English, then they'd switch over to a translator. And you could tell they had spots written into their discussions to have uh, uh, that's basically like wait for applause. Yeah, applause, applause pause. Yeah. yeah and, and they would stop. And there'd be nothing. Mm. It would just be silence. And then they go, yeah, we're very excited too. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so heavily scripted, but half of the script wasn't happening. So mm. it was just, the, everything was super one-sided. And they were doing giveaways. What they were doing giveaways was by basically pulling out uh, 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 numbers to choose like which section, which row, which chair. But every time they did a giveaway, they'd have to draw. They'd have to draw the numbers multiple times before they found a chair that actually had somebody <laughs> sitting in the chair, because it was just an. And they were giving away like really expensive stuff, like like multi hundred dollar models and stuff. <laughs> but it's like ah, uh, this one uh no, there's nobody in the chair. This one no, there's nobody in that chair. Oh, this one okay, lay congratulations. It was just I was sad. I was so sad. They had the one uh, translation, uh, one translator lady translating everybody. So sometimes they'd be have like multiple people talking, but she would translate everybody. So it would just kind of you couldn't tell who was saying no, what. Right. Mm. And she was reading everything the script off of an iPad anyway as she was setting up there. So she was just sitting there, just reading straight off the iPad. I, she might not have even known Japanese. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm assuming she did, uh, but most everything read as so scripted that it didn't feel like there was anything off the cuff. And because it's an anime convention, at one point they just brought out a whole bunch of cosplayers and had them standing behind the developers as they were talking about their game, and they would just occasionally turn around and how about a hand for our cosplayers as they're just sitting there <laughs> and the whole room's just like yay <laughs> oh, it was it was funny i was i was playing overwatch too and tony was sending me messages and i kept checking my phone and be like <laughs> the way he told it was he's like i'm watching bandai namco dennis this is it's really it's bad dennis dennis it's really bad <laughs> nobody's there dennis Dennis, the panel is clapping for itself. That's all I can hear is the panel is cheering itself on. The hype man is just dying here. Dennis, they have to do multiple giveaways on the drawings. No one's there. Everyone left because it's such a mess. Dennis, this is really bad. You might, maybe you should watch it. It's so bad, but it's bad. So be aware that it's bad. I did not watch it. Yeah, no, it's fine. It was, it was, I understand it's, not the situation you would expect a big crowd anyway. It's just the crowd was so dead, and it was just so. Like I said the hype guy. You could see him. He's trying to. He's trying to rally stuff up and get stuff going. And he's got that hollow excited. Yeah, dude, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just. It's just. It's just wasn't working. It was rough. It was real rough. I enjoyed it. I had quite a lot of fun laughing <laughs> uh, at it. Well, and but, hopefully the listeners have enjoyed it as well. But we're not re- really recommending that you go back and watch it. No. This is the recount that you needed. Yes. This is the recount This you was deserved. more enjoyable than yeah. actually yes. watching it. Well, 
we made it. We're done. Through. So if you want to reach out to us about Bandai Namco or anything else we talked about on this episode, you can email us at eclecticgamerspodcast.gmail.com. You can also go and comment at uh, facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash eclectic underscore gamers. We're available on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram, and we've already talked about uh, the link for our Discord where we talk with everybody pretty often. Yep. We talk video games, talk pinball, we talk uh off topic stuff as well we got that discord's actually gotten a lot more activity lately too. it is so so thank you for that and you don't have to be a patreon member to join this discord it's it's open to everyone yeah and we will be back in a couple of weeks who knows what mysterious news we'll probably well at the very least we should know the outcome of the ftc stuff i I would hope so So. i I think we have to hear about it this week so anyway uh until then my name is dennis i'm tony goodbye everybody see ya